I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of Vicky Patterson, The Secret Two. I'm joined by the gorgeous Naomi Banjo. Um, mate, I feel like I got so carried away chatting to you about your lovely life and your gorgeous babies and motherhood and everything that I I didn't start at the start. Now, obviously, <laughs> you and Jordan have been together eight years now, but yeah. I remember when I had him on the podcast and he told me the story about how you met. And I feel like there's always three sides to every story, his yeah. side, your side, and the truth. So I'm interested to get your side. You guys met in Sugar Hut, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do you know what? I was actually working there. So I was working there. I was at uni um, and I was just doing a bit of hostessing there. So I literally like bringing drinks to people's tables. Diversity came in. And do you know what? I knew who diversity were, but I just didn't really know them individually. Like I wouldn't have known yeah. that. Place. And obviously in Sugar Hut at the time, we're going back like years ago, like over 10 years ago, like there was always people coming in. It was a real, like, cause of Towie, it was, it was huge. There was always people there. So I was a bit like, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> I remember this guy staring at me the whole time. And I just used to think, what is this guy constantly staring at me for? Like, who even is he? And I was just like, and then a few days later, he tracked me down. I think it was on Twitter. And I was like, how the hell does this guy know who I am? It's been like a bit of back and forth combo. And then it didn't really go anywhere. Like he went away, like touring and, you know, we didn't really, it, like there was like a year went by and, you know, time goes on. Then we got back in touch. I think he followed me on Instagram. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, I remember this guy from before and chatting, chatting, chatted. And then bless him. He tried to take me on a date um, three times and three times I stood him up. But in the end, he was like, do you know what? Like, it's just not working. Like, you're never going to meet me. Like, everyone said, do you know what? The weirdest thing, going back, we both lived in the same tiny little town. So this little town in, it's called Wickford in Essex. Yeah. And it's tiny. Like, there's nothing there. He lived literally two minutes away from where I lived. And because I told him where I lived, all of his friends were like, oh my gosh, she's a catfish. How can she live in the same place as you? Like, that's that's so not like, that's not real. She's a catfish. She's not real and all of this. And he was like, no, she is. But obviously I wouldn't meet him because I was so shy and so introvert and I'd never been on a date. So I was totally like, so you were, you were feeding this catfish image. Like she doesn't exist. He was like, yeah, she's not, they're not, she's not real. And then anyway, he was like, listen, it's not working. Obviously you're never going to meet me. Like, you know, it is what it is. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, cause I really liked him, but I was just so nervous. So then I met him and I was really shy and I just don't think I spoke. I think I just sat there like, yeah, yeah, like a mute. So he went away and was like, oh God, she hates me. But I went away like, oh my God, I love him. It's amazing. <laughs> so it was like total opposites. But from the first of all, like he used to come to my place 
and we used to go and get milkshakes and then like used to bring his dog and he had this hoverboard we used to go like obviously early 20s and that was it inseparable and before I knew it I was staying over at his and then I sort of like naturally moved in as you do. Like you move your stuff in and you naturally oh, yes. move in. Slowly, subtly, leaving yeah. the thing. We got a dog, which is Elmo, our little chubby chihuahua, which you've still got. And that was it. And obviously cast came along and before we know it, we're eight years deep with three kids, four dogs and our third house move. So yeah, it's just crazy. It's mad how fucking time like catches up on years oh, and a girl. No. Yeah, honestly, it's mad. It's crazy. I can't believe Cass will be six this year. Like, <gasps> yeah, that's insane. That makes me feel like I'm no longer a new mum. Like, you know, when you yeah. first baby, you're like, oh, I'm a new mum. Like, I'm not a new mum. Like, I'm three kids deep and one's nearly six. <laughs> oh, bless. But then, oh, they're all still really young, babe. And listen, yeah. I don't think it matters whether, like, your kids are yeah 25 or five like we're yeah still figuring it out fuck yeah oh absolutely yeah every day I'm winging it like (laughs) we'll be we'll be I'm like we're winging it just fingers crossed hoping for the best (laughs) absolutely based on like the little bits I've seen and stuff and your interactions on social media it feels like you really complement each other as a couple yeah do you know what he's literally like my best friend and We laugh and joke and play fight and we're just silly and stupid, like we are literal friends. But then also, like, obviously, you know, you tell him everything. I confide everything in him and there's nothing he doesn't know about me. But also, it's hard because obviously he's away pretty much all year. But because it's always been that way, I just don't think we would work any way, like any other way. I feel like if he was here with me... God, I think he would drive me at the wall. I think yeah. he would do my absolute head in. Like it works because we're apart and then we come back and we have something to talk about. And we our time together is so special and so kind of like we make the most of it. And I think that's why we just click and we gel. Like, don't get me wrong, in the early years, there were times we were like, oh my God, do we even work? Like we were so similar but also so opposite like and obviously as I said I had a lot of you know mental health issues I didn't know I didn't know I had ADHD at the time and blah 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 um and at the time we used to clash so much like oh it was awful like it was the point where I used to think god do we hate each other but we loved each other so passionately as well like when we were good we were amazing but when we were bad it was bad and then we got is that, is that part has. of the sorry is that part of the ADHD because I know it Oh, 100%. Do you know what? It's everything. So I've actually got um, ADHD. I've got bipolar type 2 and personality disorder as well. Um, Fuck me, mate. Living with all of that undiagnosed must be very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so depressed. Obviously, when you're depressed and stuff, everything makes it 10 times worse. And obviously, I find that all of my um, symptoms actually come out even more when I'm like hungry, tired or need of something. And it's like, so understandable. Yeah. And you know, when you go through those things in early relationships as well, you're still figuring each other out. And obviously there's still like a an element of like, not jealousy, but like, you know, I'm like, why are you going out? Why are you leaving me? Like a bit of insecurity and a bit it's of... It's an insecurity because you just don't yeah. know each other well enough. Exactly. Yet, and I yeah. think... ADHD is also a bit of like an abandonment fear as well. Like all of that is what comes in with it and personality disorder. And so all these things were flying out and it was just causing a massive like thing between me and him. And I was like, God. And then obviously once we come out the other side and I started working on myself, you know, like eating well, exercising, exercising, honestly, and cutting out caffeine has been like a savior of my life. Like they are the two things that really, really have helped me massively. And also, yeah, I think just finding myself as well. Like, just being finding who I am and having something for me has been a massive help in all of those things as well. But yeah, for me and Jordan we went for a really rocky patch and then we've come out the other side and now 
Like, you know, he's literally my best friend. Like I could not live without him. And he's an amazing dad. Like, I can't even tell you, like, he's the best dad. Like he's like a big kid. Like I come in and I'm like, I'm like the no. And he's like the yes. It's like daddy. And then he's like, okay. I'm literally like, and I'm like, I'm the boring one. He comes and he's rolling around the floor with the kids. And like, he's the best thing in the world. So that's the dynamic. That's the good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. But we are literally like ships in the night, like passing ships. Like sometimes I'm like, how do we even have a relationship? Like everything is very like over the phone, FaceTime, WhatsApp, whatever it is, because he's literally very rarely here. But as I say, when he is here, it's like the most special time ever. And the kids love it. I mean, I feel like we fight for his attention quite a lot because the kids are like, daddy, daddy, daddy. But I'm also like, George, George, George. So yeah, but it's nice. It's a good balance. No, I like, honestly, mate, everybody's got like the juggle. Yeah. You know, and I I think everyone can relate to that. Yeah. Um, So you guys, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, you're your wedding was postponed. Was that really frustrating? Yeah. Do you know what? As it wasn't like technically postponed as such. I guess it was because obviously we had no choice but to wait. But we got engaged in the January of 2020 and... I was never in any particular rush anyway. Like, and nor was Jude. Like, I was quite happy to enjoy our engagement. Like, I wasn't like, oh my God, we've got to do it now within six months and get ready. Like, I was happy to enjoy that year. And it just so happened, like, on our way back from, we got engaged in the Maldives, on our way oh. back. Like, while I think we there, I remember the setup. Yeah, Mate, it was, what was beautiful, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Like, it was like a dream, like a fairy tale. But I remember when we were there, there was this massive outbreak of like, this weird thing that was going on in China. And we were like, God, that's weird. Never think anything of it. Yeah. Came home within a week, it was in the UK. And then suddenly within months, we was in lockdown. And I was literally like, whoa. So it kind of got put on the back foot anyway, naturally, because we weren't in a rush, but also because of that as well. And then as we were coming out of lockdown, things were like, you know, becoming a bit like easier with life. We were like, should we book a day? And we were like, okay. And I think it was like two and a half years to the day from when we got engaged. And we booked a date and then I just, you know what? I really, really, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed wedding planning. Like there was no stress. I like, I found it, I found it really, like really enjoyable. I just sat every day, bit by bit. Like We're having different experiences, Naomi. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You know what? Everyone has a stressful experience, but I was like, why was you stressed? Like I enjoyed it. I told you the stress stressful part for me the most stressful part was literally in the run-up you know when you're fine-tuning you're like double checking the list making yeah. sure everyone's got their food choices you know the little tiny bits like the little like you know has everyone got like a, a little present or a card made or a this or a that and it's like the little things those were the like the stressful parts because I was like panicking like have I missed someone is that this have I got that have the kids got their shoes have they got their flowers have they got this those are the hard parts but the actual day itself was amazing. It was stress free and free, free and chilled. The run up to it was fine. It was just that last little month yeah, that I was a bit like, bits. oh God. Yeah. But other than that, it was just, I really, really enjoyed it. But then I took my time. I didn't rush it a bit by bit. And it was just amazing. Yeah. And look at like, if you look at the job you've ended up doing now, you know, babe, with your events company and the organizing, quite clearly you've yeah. got a bit of an aptitude for this sort of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. whereas me on the other hand, like, don't get us wrong. I love to throw a fucking party, babe. Yeah. But I am disorganized. I've already, I've already do trying to do too much all the time. Yeah. So it's always yeah. like, I'm always stressed. I'm always last minute. So we've got a wedding planner and she's absolutely incredible. Oh, and, amazing. Like, she's taken so much of the stress and like, yeah. I suppose like 
for me, I just wouldn't even know where to start planning the wedding. Yeah. So it's just very, it's just helping with that. But you know, if I may, mate, it's just the money. I'm just constantly oh. worried about the money. And I know I shouldn't be. Yeah. I should just be saying, well, that's it. You have less guests. Yeah, I, or, yeah, but I just can't help it, mate. Like every single step of the way, I'm like lying in bed thinking, am I going to be able to afford that? And have a like yeah. have a is this too big like am I going to be able to handle it like am I going to have vendors like knocking my door down when I haven't paid no, like, I'm getting stressed yeah do you know what with us so we didn't have a wedding planner I spoke to a couple of them and I thought everything that you're doing I think I can just do myself like yeah. the time that I'd already picked what who I wanted like florist and venue and this and that I may as well just do it myself so I was like do you know what I'm just going to do it and wing it. And to be fair, it worked out really well. And I'm not going to lie, we had a budget and it doubled, maybe even tripled. Oh, and I remember, I remember telling Jude and being like, so the flowers are going to He was like, no, it's ridiculous. Who spends that much on flowers? Oh. And I was like, listen, I was like, let me text my friends. He was like, no, your friends are like you. They're going to spend that much on flowers. Your friends aren't normal. He was like, so you can't use them as like an example. He was like Googling, like how much do people spend on flowers for weddings? Because it's kind of the same thing extortionate like no. and it really is and I was like yeah but you know like we can do this and we can do that and it's you know we can't not have flowers like that's the whole point of a wedding he's like nay like he's like this is insane like I think the flowers cost the most out of everything like they do, they they, do. They, yeah they really do and yeah take your budget and double it because it's insane you get carried away because obviously you want the best as well like you want the best of everything you want and obviously for us we had to bring in like chairs tables like tablecloths everything and the venue was like an empty shell we just right. we had to fill it so it wasn't like a package where oh everything's included the only thing we got included in our package price was like the cost of the food and even that was insane <laughs> I was like, but you know what it's a very special day I would never spend that amount again on a wedding, but it was, it was beautiful and, you know, we would never do it again. And it was, it was incredible. And we're very, very fortunate enough that we were able to do that. And yeah, you know, it was, it was amazing. It was what we wanted. We've got a big family. There was no option to having a small wedding because there's loads of us, loads yeah. of friends. And but even just feeding diversity, mate, would cost you a uh, fucking fortune. It's not even diversity. It's diversity, their wives, their children, and their families. So obviously, where we're all one big family, we know the parents. Obviously, you can't not know the parents as well because they're like, you it's know, political. And, yeah. You know, they're, they're part of the family. So before you know it, it's like everyone, like you're going further and further and further out. And I'm like, right, who can we knock off? And there isn't anyone because you're like, well, you can't. So uh, we had no choice but to have a big wedding. Um, and it was amazing and it's probably not the average normal wedding, but it was beautiful and it was it was a stunning day and it was just the nicest, most chill day as well. Which is all that matters is that you loved it, you know. Yeah. But- it, you know, it was what we wanted to do. And as I say, we're very, 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 very lucky to be in that position to do it. And it was a beautiful day and we one we hope we never have to do again. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> we are definitely staying married because we can't afford another one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're stuck together now, that's it. <laughs> Don't blame you, girl, honestly. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I would definitely describe you, among other things, as like a sort of like mummy blogger. And I, I hope yeah. that's fair, like a mummy influencer. Yeah. Um, your three children, like you've had very different experiences with the birth, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's really, it's really important that not only do you share like the highs and lows of those experiences, but you also talk mm. about your, your preferences too, but it's not been without its fair yeah. share of backlash, has it? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Like, do you know what? It's a hard one because as I say with Cass, obviously everyone's perfect birth is their perfect birth in their eyes and how they, they perceive it. With Cass, I did hypnobirthing. I had the most amazing natural water birth and it was incredible. And it was my, probably my favorite experience, my preferred experience. Mimi was sitting the wrong way. So she was breached and she ended up being a a very, very last minute plan C-section. And it was horrific and I hated every part of it. And I'm not gonna lie, it really, really, really affected my relationship with Mimi. Obviously very soon after Mimi is when I got sepsis as well, like within three months. So you can imagine I'd gone through this awful, we were moving house right in between all of this as well. So I had Mimi about three days after we moved house with boxes everywhere. I went in, I had no idea what was going on. I hadn't researched anything about C-sections because I was like so busy and I didn't want to know because I was a bit in denial. I was like, no, I want to have my natural birth. They were like, you physically calm. The baby's the wrong way. We need to get it out as soon as possible. It's got to be C-section. And I had her... I went in and it was the most clinical experience. And I was like, what the hell is going on? No one spoke to me. I was really unwell. I was really sick. I couldn't even hold her. And it really, really, really affected my bond with her. I found yeah. it awful. And I just could not, and it sounds terrible now, because I love her more than anything. She's my little baby girl. But I couldn't just, I couldn't grasp this, like, this bond with her. And I was like, why don't I feel like I did with Cass? What's wrong with me? And obviously- Has it had been traumatic, mate? Yeah. The guilt that I felt was like, oh, it was horrific. I was beating myself up and it was in such a bad like headspace. Like, oh, I feel awful. Like, how can as a mum I feel like this? Like my precious little tiny girl, like how can I feel so detached? And I don't think having the like sets and being hospital a couple of times helped because I didn't have her then either. She Jules was on tour at the time and she ended up going on tour with him. So he took her with him. And obviously, you know, that altered our little bond as well. We didn't have that sure, those moments sure. together either. And then time goes on, obviously now, you know, it's it's gone. I, and I, and I always wonder how I even felt that way. Beautiful little girl. Yet with Trey, I knew it was going to be another C-section because I was like, I've already had one. The chance of me having another natural birth are kind of low because it would have been um, unsafe. And if anything happened, you know, I would have been rushed. I wouldn't have got the, 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 the water birth I wanted to. He was a bigger baby. Like, and I was like, do you know what? It's safer and actually easier for us to plan childcare for the other two if we just have a set date of when I'm having this baby. So that's what we did. I made the decision, researched it, spoke to people, felt way more comfortable with the idea. When you were prepared 
you, yeah. you, you'd accepted it, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. It's the emergency element Absolutely. of it, Naomi, must be fucking horrific yeah. to get your head round. And I even went to a different hospital because I was like, I didn't want to go back to the hospital I had me because yeah. I, like, I didn't want this kind of like, this added pressure and any feelings to come back that I had. So we went to a different hospital and it was the calmest experience. It was lovely. I got to hold him straight away. Like he was placed on me straight away. He was fine. And I went in and the whole experience was way more relaxed and chilled. Like when I had Mimi, they rushed me out within 24 hours. I wasn't even there 24 hours and I couldn't even walk. Sent me home, never felt pain like it. With Trey, they send you home with like a bottle of morphine. You have way better experience. You can stay as long as you want. And it was lovely. My experience was totally different. And I understand now where people are like, oh, I'd rather have a C-section because my experience is way nicer. Like my experiences with all three of them were just totally different. But with Trey, C-section was great. Like it was just, you know, it's just, I think it was hard as well, obviously, where I had Mimi so close with Cass. I fell pregnant with Mimi when he was only six months. And the guilt I felt from that as it was anyway I think I was in a bit of denial for the whole pregnancy. I was a little bit like, oh, this isn't happening sort of thing. Like, I'm excited, but I'm also like, you know, I felt awful on Cass. I felt like I had taken away his first year because I was very, very unwell being pregnant. And then, I, you know, I was tired. I couldn't do this, couldn't do that. And I felt like I'd taken his first year away. Then I was like, he's not going to have, you know, the first couple of years with just me. He's not going to have me to himself. Now he's got to share me and I've got to have this baby and it's going to be like, shared and how I'm going to split myself and I felt so guilty all round then obviously she came and the feelings were different I was like why don't I feel the same it was just awful but obviously now you come through the other side and actually having them both close together was an absolute blessing in disguise because best of friends they occupy each other they've gone to school at similar ages like one went then the other went and I sort of had my life back a little bit like you know they've they've been the best thing ever having them close together it's been amazing and you know what mate like I feel like Obviously, no point of reference yet, but I honestly believe if you weren't a good mother and a nice person, you wouldn't have all those doubts and feelings and you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm I'm doing it wrong and oh, I'm doing the best. But like, I think that's normal. And actually, like, I don't think it will have affected Cassius at all. And he's got this gorgeous best friend and he's got a mum and daddy who love him. So, God, mate, I can't imagine how much you must have been beating yourself up. But from the outside looking in, it looks like you're doing a pretty fucking brilliant job. I mean, if we'd had this chat like three years ago, I probably would have been crying and being like, oh, I can't do it. But you know what? I feel like you do, you really grow. And I feel like, obviously I'm 32 now, literally just at 32. And I feel like a totally different person myself. And obviously you do just grow. They just make you grow into a, into the person you are. And the life experiences that you have and just the way they are, I just feel like they're a massive blessing. And, you know, I wouldn't be who I am without them. Yeah, but they do, they change you as well. Like, and yeah, they do. I, I, for loads of great reasons, like they make you like, you know, more selfless and responsible and all these brilliant things. But I think yeah. it's really important you remember like the things you were saying before to actually think of yourself in the situation as well. Because yeah. three kids, dogs, house, job, everything, it's a lot, oh, mate. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to make time for yourself. Otherwise, like you are literally just a robot. So it is, it is like a... It is a juggle, but, you know, you, you make time for yourself and you do your best. And, you know, and to be fair, I think I just slot into life around me. It's not really about me. I just slot into everything around me and then just sort of make it work. And, yeah. 
I feel like it's really important that whatever we're doing with our lives, whether we're influencing, whether we're working in TV, whether we're working in a school, working in a hospital, whatever, that we're honest and open um, and we use sort of social media to be as transparent about our version of reality as we possibly can. And I think you do that really well. I think yeah. you use your platform responsibly to show like the highs and lows of life. Um, has sharing so much about your, like, experience with motherhood being difficult oh yeah do you know what in the early stages I would say probably through lockdown um I probably overshared because I do that I do that mate I'm such an open person and I'm and put it blankly like I am pretty normal like I know maybe on the outside don't seem that normal but as a person I'm pretty normal like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's very rare that I wear a face of makeup. I'm lucky because George's here and I've actually done my makeup today, but I'm a normal person. I eat the same as everyone else. Like, you know, I have stresses, I have worries. Like, life still moves on for me like a normal person. Just because we're all on Instagram doesn't mean that my life is perfect as it sort of feels like it might be displayed. There are days where I sit and cry in my bed and be like, I can't do this. There's days I text Jordan and be like, oh, fucked up today. I shouted at the kids there. I shouldn't have done that today. Like there are days that I've got washing all over my floor where my kids leave their like underwear and all sorts all over the floor. Like I've, my dogs might take a poo in the house. Like I'm a normal person. Like things are normal. And you know what? I shared so much back in the day and it was probably... I found Instagram for me was like a diary. It was like yeah. a healing. It was it's cathartic. It's cathartic yeah. to share it. Yeah. I was coming out and I and I thought by being honest and open, in a way, it was helping me because I felt like people could relate to me. And I was like, oh, and I think I was thriving off other people. So I was thriving. People saying, yeah, me too. Same. Good for you. Like, you know, and the more they were doing it, the more I was sharing. And I think I probably shared too much. And obviously, you're not going to please everybody. Like yeah. there are parts of my life that isn't normal. And I might've shared those things. Now people be like, oh, like, you know, when I first ever got a nanny, for instance, I remember crying on Instagram and sharing it and the backlash that I got. Obviously some people were like, good for you. Other people were like, no, you're spoiled. You're this, like you can't even, you can't cope. You're failing as a mum. You're a bad mum. You can't. <gasps> and that just, I was like, oh my God. And obviously I've had my fair share of trolling. Like, you know, we are it's been absolutely horrific I mean now you know you like whatever you must be a very very odd person to go out of your way to actually write things online you know um and I understand that now but back then I just sleepless nights over it was horrific and it came to a point where I was like maybe I'm doing too much maybe I'm sharing too much and I just shut off completely I took the kids off I deleted everything of the kids I didn't share anything I was very 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 minimal and I found that like by doing that I was then so unrelatable like so yeah. the opposite way that one people extreme to the other yeah and like if you'd share one thing they'd make up a whole story about you like they would put two and two together and come with five thousand then I'm like no that's not right and obviously you can't defend yourself so then I'm like okay you've got to find a happy medium and I feel like my whole Instagram has grown because I am a mummy blogger. I have been honest and open and I'm a normal person. I'm not a fashion blogger that just shows my outfits and has no personality. Like the reason my Instagram has grown is because I've been able to share and been open and honest. And it's nice to do that. So I kind of do as much as I can without kind of being too open. Yeah. And obviously, I'm also very aware of like the current living situation that we live in. Like I don't like to do too much because 
I feel like, oh, you know, it's in your face. It's this, it's that. Like, and that that can be received negatively as well. But also, I'm like, but also, it is my life. Like, that is my that is how I live. And 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 you know, I am very fortunate, or I am this, or I am that. And it's trying to find a happy medium. And yeah. you know, it's hard. And you probably know, you've probably had the same sort of thing as well. Like, the trolling is is horrific. And I sometimes, I mean, I've turned off my DMs, so no one can DM me. I can't. And I and I did it for one. Do you know what? I did it in lockdown. I was like, I'm going to turn it off for the weekend because it was really bad. Like every other message was a horrible message. I was like, I'm doing it for the weekend and like just to give myself a break. And it never went back on. And then do you know what? I'm of, I bet you've got peace of mind, have you? Yeah. yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. I couldn't care less. Write what you want. Say what you want. This is my life. I know I'm a good person. I'm an honest person. I'm a nice person. And I do my best and I care a lot about people. And I show as much as I can and be honest and open and share the kids' lives as much as I can that I think is appropriate. Um, and I hold certain things back. There's plenty that goes on behind like closed doors that no one knows, like everyone's lives. Yeah, and you know, like people, ha- we have obviously social media, I think has blurred the lines about sort of what is private and what is personal and what is okay yeah. to share. But it sounds yeah. like you have gone to both extremes and found what works for you. And yeah. that's all we can do mate I've navigated that space as well and I think I I found that middle ground sometimes I do still go too far and say too much about myself I I find it when I'm having one of those days where I'm a little bit like maybe a bit too ADHD and I'm a bit like and I share like and I'm like oh my god now my story is like 30 little dots long and I've shared too much and I've probably said things Ah, I'm crazy (laughs) excuse me and I've just gone a bit like crazy and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And other days I'm like completely silent. I'm like, I think it just depends on my mood as well. Like I do find that my mood, obviously, you know, time of the month, my mood fluctuates so much and ADHD and lack of sleep and whatever has a massive impact on it as well. Like it's very, very up and down. So there are days where I'm just silent. There's just nothing. Then other days I'm like, hi guys. But like, you know, it's just however you're feeling that day. But I do find I... I probably do hold more back than I used to, like well, definitely from back in the day, but I just tried to balance it. And I think that's just the best you can do. It is, mate. And I'm sure people appreciate you being honest and sharing parts yeah. of your life and stuff like that, but also protect your peace, mate. And when yeah. it doesn't feel right for you, you've got every, it, yeah. it, it's it's your prerogative to pull yeah. back. So I'm, Absolutely. I'm... Yeah. Well, it actually brings us really like nicely onto our secret two. So here at Vicky Patterson, the secret two, we always ask our gorgeous guests to give our lovely listeners a couple pearls of wisdom. Um, and I actually think any young mother struggling or any mothers of any age struggling will have taken a lot away from this, you know. Um, yeah. But I do just want to know what your secret is. For someone who's planning on having kids in the future, your secret is juggling it all. Because I'm terrified and I need to know. You know what? It generally is going back. I would say absolutely making time for yourself. Like for everything that I've learned being a mom, you know, working and this and that, making time for myself has been like the the kind of the cement to everything. Like if I obviously, you know, I had to go through the really hardship to get there, but that would be my advice to everybody. Like take some time out, take some time for yourself. Don't feel guilty. You are human. You are a person and you are allowed to have like a shower on your own. You're allowed to go for a spa day. You're allowed to go have half a day out on your own or have a coffee and sit down on your own. You're allowed to do that. Like don't feel guilty. Like if you can't make time for yourself, you can't be the best version of you. And obviously you know, you then can't be the best like mum to your kids, your dogs or whatever you're doing or your work or whatever, whatever you're doing in your life. So I would absolutely say making time for yourself is how to juggle everything. 
And that's exactly it. You can't pour from an empty cup, girl. Well exactly. done. Exactly. <laughs> it's been so lovely talking to you, Naomi, honestly. And like, oh, thank you for having me. Oh, no, my pleasure. I know, you know, I'm not a mom yet, but I do feel like you're smashing it. So, oh, thank you so much. Give thank yourself that grace. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you so much for being such a lovely and honest guest, mate. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been really nice. Thank you. Well, that was the absolutely gorgeous Naomi Banjo. Um, I absolutely loved chatting to her. I feel like she was honest, really refreshingly candid, and it was just really nice. Um, if you love listening to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2, then please tell your mates, leave a review, do all of the lovely podcasty things. And don't forget, we are now on YouTube. So if you prefer to consume your content in a visual way, you can do that there. Have a really great week, guys. You deserve it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.